into the contest. It's Tuesday the 12th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee. Shane, Shane what <laughs> did you do, my friend? The shackles are off. What did you get up to? Uh, I'm going back into lockdown, mate. I feel dusty today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went, I went uh, for some beers in Mossman at the Buena Vista Hotel with some school dads and... Um, Yes, mate, and uh, home by 10 o'clock, but uh, feeling very worse for wear today, mate, unfortunately. Oh, the pain, Dr. Smith, the pain. Well, <laughs> yep. we've got plenty of sport to talk about. Tyson Fury, his massive body transformation, it's absolutely incredible. Merv Hughes isn't looking real flash at the moment without a haircut. <laughs> and the Dolphins, well, it looks like they're a certainty to be the 17th team in the NRL. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, Main Hair Care. Okay, boxing. Let's start there because it was a fantastic fight on the weekend. But now the story's coming out about Tyson Fury and this incredible... It's giving me hope. It's giving me some sort of sense of confidence. I got up and went for a strong walk this morning, Shane. There's body transformation. He's turned himself into this absolute machine. He has, mate, and what a great story. And I'll tell you what, I'm liking Tyson Fury more and more as each day goes by. But yes, you said, mate, what a transformation. He's lost 63 kilos. He's 205 centimetres and was 178 kilos um, and got down to 114 for the for this fight. Um, but, mate, yeah, he said he used to binge on 20 beers a night plus whiskey and vodka. Um, he'd throw in a little bit of cocaine from Monday to Sunday in there, he said, and he'd eat pizzas, kebabs and chocolate. So, geez, he's making me feel good about myself, this bloke. I like him. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm already fading away to a shadow. But, uh, yeah, well <laughs> done to Tyson Fury and a great win on the weekend. Now, Merv Hughes, big Merv, and, of course, he's a fantastic fellow. You know him well. Uh, his mo, his hair has always been his signature dish, but he's struggling at the moment because he can't <laughs> find a barber. He is, mate. Well, that's his excuse anyway, Merv, but uh, he put a picture of himself up on Instagram and um, let's just say the picture he put up, he could scare a dog off its leash, I reckon. <laughs> um, yeah, the big fella, is, uh, he's very hairy at the moment, very grey, and um, yeah, he needs to go to the barber ASAP. He looks intimidating, doesn't he? He's such a big human, but he's such a softy. Oh, he's such a softy. He's an absolute gentleman. He's a great bloke, a good man. Uh, he was a great cricketer, big heart. Um yeah, but as you said, mate, a big, a big teddy bear deep down, big Merv. Good man. Yeah, we've got a story about Merv and yourself and a dietitian coming up later, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to that one. But what about England? They're already starting to turn on them. I don't know. They look like they look like a very conservative team, the, the team that they've picked, like with, of course, uh, the older bowlers, but you're always going to have to pick them, and their batting lineup looks look brittle. But England A is going to be here at the same time. You're going to have heaps of English players playing in and around the Big Bash, so they've got access to a lot of players. 
They will. And um, as we all know, I, I think there's a lot of talk leading up to this series where, you know, would they come or would they not come? Um, but once they get here, as you said, Timmy, and the Ashes fever kicks in, uh, the real competitive nature, and it's a it's a big part in history that you realise once you, you'll be playing in. So I, I think that, that they'll give a lot of fight. But I think you're right, Timmy, that their bowling looks a bit susceptible and their batting does look brittle. So there will be opportunities for the other players from the England A team to, you know, potentially push their way into this team. So I think they'll be fighting pretty tough to uh, to play well. They're going to sure. lean on their stars, aren't they, like Joe Root. And Johnny Bairstow's played well out here before. Butler's a very good player. Mm. And, of course, if Jimmy Anderson, this would have to be swan song. He's nearly 40. Yeah, and um, what is he up to nearly 700 test wickets or something now? Mm. He's got a very, very, very good bowler. But, and hasn't had a really good series in Australia I think he'd want to go out, as you said, mate. Um, probably his last, definitely his last tour to Australia um, with, with the wind and to bowl well. That would put him down as one of the greats. Looks like Redcliffe Dolphins. They won't be called Redcliffe. They'll be called something Dolphins. But it looks like they will definitely be the seventeenth team. And from all the the things that are being written, it looks like Wayne Bennett will almost definitely be their inaugural coach in twenty twenty three. Yeah, 2023, they come in, as you said, the 17th club, which is it's, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, there'll be a buy every round. Um, but, yeah, they come into the team. They're very well financed, um, the Red Cliff, as you said, whether we call them the Dolphins or not, they'll be called something else. But, uh, yeah, interesting. They'll get a lot of support up there in Queensland. Yeah, they'll be called the Dolphins. It's, it's what will we come first. It, it might be right, gotcha. you know, northern Brisbane. It might be north. It, yeah, something like that. But we'll have to wait and see on that. I don't think the, the buy is going to hurt things because one of the great challenges of rugby league and many other sports is to try and give players a bit of a rest, particularly mm. in and around representative time. So that, that buy won't be too much of a problem. Ricky's slowly building his, his Canberra side back together. Yep. Well, that's it, mate. Um, former Titans co-captain. Captain uh, Jamal Fogarty has uh, as, um, as left uh, the Titans and he'll really uh, strengthen up the halves down there at the Raiders. Um, it pretty much came to a head after you know, the really good emergence of both Toby Sexton and um, uh, Jaden Campbell this year. So he really had to leave the Titans and um, I think Ricky Stewart will be very, very happy that he's coming down to the Raiders. What about the turnaround of Sonny Bill Williams? Now he's, a, he's quite a religious man these days. But look, I can remember when he came to Canterbury in the early days uh, with the big tat and everything. He it wasn't uh, it wasn't without its wild moments, and uh, we're seeing and reading more about it at the moment. Yeah, well, no young kid going to the doggies back then would have really the would, have been on the straight, would have been on the straight and narrow. But um, look, he has got a book coming out on Sonny Bill, and uh, but he said his womanizing ways uh, left him feeling soulless, mate. So. Poor Sonny, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he sort of, uh, he didn't leave the music in him, did he? He certainly, uh, what do they say? They, you've got to sow your wild oats before you settle down. Um, yeah, we had a lot of oats, yeah, I think. Yeah, Sonny Bill, boy, oh, boy. AFL trade period, day eight. Um, this is interesting, Rory Lobb. Yeah, well, definitely, mate. And um, look, he wants to leave the Dockers, uh, but he's still on a two-year contract. He wanted to go back to GWS. And Dockers have done a total backflip and said they won't release him now. So it looks like he's going to be staying there. The real interesting one at the moment, mate, is that um, Hawthorne have put their stars, uh, Tom Mitchell, uh, Jago Mira, and Jack Gunston, all on the market. Um, interesting. I don't know whether they have they have financial problems there at Hawthorne, but uh, three really big players might be leaving Hawthorne. Yeah, that would be interesting, isn't it? Uh, wouldn't mm. it? Because they really want to rebuild. Uh, they have to rebuild because that proud yeah. club has struggled the past few years. Um, the A-League's in a bit of a quandary because there's so many players still 
yet to be vaccinated. They are a national competition uh, where they've got to cross into some of the borders where there's very, very strict rules. Um, and they're, well, you'd have to call them a second-tier sport, wouldn't you? You'd have to, mate. And um, they've got some real issues. I think they've got around 90% vaccinated. But still, there's 15 key players that have chosen not to roll up their sleeves and get vaccinated. Um, that's a big number, uh, which could potentially really put them out of a whack. Um, as you said, mate, they're, they're competing against AFL, the NRL, you know, cricket and, and other major sports in this country, even netball and that sort of stuff. So they need to get it right because A-League uh, has had a couple of great seasons, um, the last few ones in particular, so they need to improve. They're tough decisions for them, aren't they? Really difficult because they could be destroying their careers in the process. We're, we're seeing this in the NBA yeah. where um, uh, an anti-vax star is, is basically being chucked out the back door. Well, um, yeah, um, Kiri Irving, um, who's from the Brooklyn Nets, um, they basically, uh, it's been mandated now that in the NBA, if you're in New York City, um, San Francisco, LA, you have to be vaccinated. He's chosen not to. So that means that he'll miss all home games in particular. It's a really interesting um, uh, problem they've got uh, with this. You know, people choosing with their civil rights not to get vaccinated, but you're walking away from a big, big check there. So it's a big decision to make. Yeah, he's a superstar as well. Now, Daniel yeah. Ricciardo, um, he's been up and down, hasn't he? He really has. He's been a rooster one day, feather duster the next. Um, struggling. Uh, well, he struggled in Turkey, didn't he? He did, mate. So it's, it's almost like one step forward and two back for our um Dan. Now, as we know, he had that fantastic sort of breakthrough win again in Italy, um, an excellent performance in Russia. And then Turkish GP, as you just said, he finished 13th, his worst performance. So, yeah, it's sort of, um, yeah, he's one step forward and, and two back at the moment, old Dan. Daniel Ricciardo. It's not stopping the uh, the coffers, is it? He's still getting plenty of money. We saw his mention yesterday, $18.5 million with about 1,000 bathrooms. Mm. So uh, it doesn't really matter where you finish on the grid when it comes to Formula One. The money is just enormous. Now, we saw this. Uh, this I love these kinds of stunts, uh, these races. Uh, Rowan Browning, the sprinter, who, who, who did so well in Japan, ra- running against Lost and Running. And Lost and Running, of course, is the horse that the Tab Everest or the Tab have taken for the Everest on Saturday. And Rowan Browning won. He did, mate. Um, he still ran 11.34 seconds on a horse track. I don't know if people have ever walked out on a horse track. It's not a very, very flat and smooth surface. It's quite soft and it's done that because for the horse's legs. But um, he has still run 11.34 seconds. As you said, he beat uh, Lost and Running over that distance. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a stupid star. I like this guy. Yeah, he is, and he's quite charismatic, isn't he? And, of course, we have the barrier draw for the Everest on today, and John O'Shea will be watching where Lost and Running draws very, very closely. Very elegant. Congratulations to Chris Waller and his team. She's a mighty, mighty horse and has claimed Horse of the Year as well, just to wrap up all our horsey-horsey news. But uh, let's get back to Merv Hughes, because we were talking about him earlier, (laughs) talking about his uh, luscious locks. And and you've got a story, because Merv... Wasn't bad on the tooth. He's very good in the tooth. And um, the Australian Cricket Board in a dietitian many years ago, and Merv had to write down everything he ate and drank um, over the course. And it was back then when it was, um, you used to have to fax back to Australia from, from England what, what, what he was eating. So, you know, on the first day it was like for breakfast, you had bacon eggs times three, um, some hash browns, uh, some muesli, a couple of bananas, uh, morning tea, some sandwiches, it was then fruit, and he had a, a quick kebab or something. Then for lunch, he had the full spread, the, the uh, everything, <laughs> everything from the, the, the roast beef right through. And then he sent the whole thing through to the dietitian. Um, that night, he had 15 beers, uh, a couple of vodkas, um, and finished with about 15 bourbon and Cokes. 
And then the dietitian said, Merv, you've got to be joking. You, no one can eat this much in one day. He said, but I had a spew. What, what do I take? I must take off something, something for the spew at the end of the day. <laughs> He's a brilliant Merv. Oh. I love him. Oh, oh, you wouldn't want to <laughs> sprinkle salt and pepper on your arm. You might lose it. <laughs> no, he's a good man. And as, as we said before, he was always, uh, he's always nice to his teammates and, uh, really charismatic. And I remember, uh, that there was a game in, in, um, South Africa where Mark Taylor said just before lunch in a test match, Murph, um, you might be bowling after lunch. And Murph said, well, let me know because otherwise I want to have a big lunch. And, he kept asking. Tubby wouldn't tell him. And so Merv just tucked into a big lunch anyway. First ball after lunch, he, he, he runs in and collapses on the pitch and starts screaming, oh, rolls over. And they thought he's done his hamstring. They all run around him and then Merv just dropped the biggest fart in front of everyone. <laughs> Good schoolboy humour, mate. Brilliant. Oh, what a classic. Merv Hughes, the boy from Myrtleford. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors, Main Haircare. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And Afternoon Sport, very proud to be supporting the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation. It's a wonderful charity, and we're going to tell you more about that over the course of the week. A big thank you to our great producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.